Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the We Believe to You Paranormal Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Michelle. And today's episode, guys, is special in that it is episode 100. We've done 100 of these, Michelle. I can't believe it. Well, I mean, 101 (laughs) of you count episode zero, but we've done 100 official episodes. That's pretty crazy cool. I don't. I don't. But you know what's even cooler about this being episode 100 is that we're recording it on Halloween. We are recording it on Halloween. And it is a deep dive into, because this is going to be coming out on Wednesday, which is Dia de los Muertos, we are doing a deep dive on Dia de los Muertos or Day of the Dead. So... You know, pretty crazy. I mean, it kind of worked out kind of cool. It did. It did. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not mad about it. <laughs> Sorry that we didn't have an episode. What was it like two two weeks ago? I guess now, right? But yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think it was kind of a little bit of a blessing in disguise because it's kind of all worked out way better than I like. I wouldn't have thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was pretty cool. It, it was it was a syn- it was synchronous synchronicity. This, if this was not a synchronicity, I don't know what the fuck is. This is a synchronicity yeah. for sure. Yeah, because it's I mean, la- the last couple weeks weeks were kind of crazy. Um, I I was I mean like I mean you all heard last week's episode. The sound quality was trash. Not the best, <laughs> but it was fun because we got to do it together. Yeah. So, yeah. and then, like I said, I was traveling for, uh, I was literally gone from Tuesday to Wednesday, like Tuesday of one week to Wednesday of the following week. So I was gone for eight days. You know, I took my, I, that day I did take my setup, but we were like, fuck it. Let's just record, you know, together. And then, um, it was, it was, uh, it was late the following morning because, I was trying to I was trying to upload it that night so it would be up at it was gonna be up like but like one, but I just my brother in law had already gone to bed and when when he gave me the Wi Fi on my cell phone like we shared it from his iPhone to my iPhone, but then for whatever reason I couldn't share it from my iPhone to my Mac. I don't know if I have to update my Mac or what it is, but it wasn't sharing and we didn't have it on hand and I wasn't gonna wake him up just for that so. <laughs> Uh, I had to wait till the morning when I woke up and I was like, Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi?" And then he passed it on to me and, and I was able to upload. So, but yeah, now we're back. Uh, <laughs> we're getting to record on Halloween. Um, and it's so, yeah. episode 100. It's episode 100. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I was just telling Eric before we started recording, like, I, I don't know where the hell October went like it came and went and it's over and I'm pretty bummed about it because I feel like I didn't get to do my like typical October Halloween activities and probably not even really going to be able to dress up this year like hand out candy or do anything because we just like came back from a weekend trip and stuff but I did watch a couple of of shows and Carlos indulged me he is he's a Christmas guy I'm like Halloween you know, it's my holiday. He doesn't like scary movies. I love scary movies. I can't stand Christmas holiday movies. He loves that shit. So basically polar opposites, but he indulged me and we watched a couple of scary uh, shows. Um, And one of them, one of them was actually pretty creepy. Other one, not so much. Um, 
but the creepy one was Cabinet of Curiosities. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that, Eric? I think no. no. It's on on Netflix. I think I don't know now. I think it's Netflix. That one was was super crazy uh, or super creepy. I mean, and we only we only watched one episode, and it was getting like pretty late. We we're gonna have to go to bed. And he's like, "Do you want me to put another one?" I was like, "I don't know if I'll be able to sleep tonight if we watch another one." Like it's. it's <laughs> Yeah, it was it was pretty spooky. I I really enjoyed it, but it was like the right amount of spooky, and it wasn't totally cheesy or anything either. Like I I liked it a lot. Uh, oh, and freaking Guier- uh, Guillermo del del Toro was is the like director of it. You're like mm. director producer? I don't know. He's involved in it. I mean, I know he's a director, but I don't remember how he's involved. But uh, yeah, he like does the intro and like comes out and shit. Anyway, it's really cool. And then the other show that we watched was 28 Days Haunted. Have you heard of that one? No, there No, I don't think so. Or have I? I don't know. I, I just know that there's a paranormal show that's popped up a couple times on my on my uh uh it's but it's paranormal investigators and I've like wanted to watch it. So I don't know if it's that one or it it might be that one. So the the gist of that ep- or that uh show was it's like three teams of paranormal investigators and they have like um t- two I guess like tech like investigator people and then one psychic or medium or sensitive. Um, I think all three of them are kind of call themselves different things, but um, and then they're stuck in this one location for twenty eight days and it's based off of Ed and Lorraine Warren's. Uh, I guess theory that it takes 28 days for you to like experience paranormal activity and like see like it at its peak and then be able to like release and let go of whatever spirits are there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's a whole thing. They explain it in the show. And I liked it because it's definitely something different, right? I, I don't think... I've ever seen a, sh- a paranormal show where it's like they're stuck in the same place. Usually it's like they go from location to location, right? Every episode. Um, but for this one to be like every episode, same location, 28 days of it. And they had to live together in these haunted locations. It's not like they leave and come back. Like they are sleeping in the haunted locations. Um, and so I was really excited about it. Don't tell me it sucked. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you won't think it sucked. I will say, like, some stuff was pretty intriguing. I like. I, I'll let everyone have their own opinion because you know how I am about like cheesy paranormal shows that I'm mm. just like, oh my god, like so over the top for absolutely no reason. There was a a lot of like moments of that, mm. and then with what comes with any like reality TV show, like it was almost like real world esque because they had to live together, right? Mm-hmm. So you had a little bit of that like personal drama. Uh, too, and some of it was 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 kind of cheesy, um, and I I think, you know, there is a couple of parts where it's like, oh, that's pretty compelling evidence, and and some you know things like that, but there is a lot of moments where things were happening to the investigators, but like, well, obviously you can't feel what they're feeling, you can't sense what they're sensing, you can't see i guess what they're seeing but they'll be doing like estes method or whatever and mm-hmm. you know they're like oh blah 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 I'm like no i can't i can't do this i can't do this and they just like rip off the headphones and the blindfolds and they're just like super dramatic hold on now i gotta put my headphones back on <laughs> you broke them <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> 
<laughs> wasn't supposed to be that dramatic. Um, but like stuff like that, that I'm just like, well, what happened? Like, what did you see? And they don't explain that. Or like, yeah. like, what did you feel? I mean, sometimes they do, but there's times where it's like a dramatic um, moment like that. And it's like, well, what happened? And then it like cuts to something else or like one of the other teams and like keeps going. It's like, but you didn't. Okay. I guess I don't, I can't like feel that with you because I don't know what it is that you heard or saw. Um, mm-hmm. But then, um, you know, there's some cool video of like shadows or stuff falling off shelves. And so I, I don't know, like I said, it is, it's interesting because it's something that I haven't, a paranormal show that, you know, like an interesting twist that I haven't seen before. But I mean, be prepared for all the cheesiness of, I guess, like a traditional paranormal show kind of thing. And is it like, is it all of them doing that cheesy kind of like, oh my God, whatever, pulling off the headphones? Or is it just like one person that's doing it? Because if it's like one person, maybe. Because, you know, you know, like the reputation that, right? Like, yeah. ZB. Yeah. If it's like one person, then okay, fine. But if it's like multiple people doing it, it's like, all right, you know. It's, it's, it's not, it's not all of them, but like every, because there's three groups, right? Every group has one person, (laughs) at least one. Yeah, Uh, I I, I feel like yeah. There's there's one like super dramatic person. There's one uh, like aggressive like skeptic, and then there's one like neutral person. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I found that nine times out of ten, the neutral person was like my favorite (laughs) of each group. Um, And well, to be fair one team only had two people so like one person would kind of switch back between the neutral and the dramatic mm-hmm. and then but anyway i yeah it, i would i would still say watch it especially like the last i think episode or two you know everything kind of comes to like a head right um so that's where like the most drama is but um yeah i don't know i would i'd be interested like if you saw it what what you think about it maybe i'm just super jaded by paranormal investigation shows now but it's you could definitely see that they played up the drama versus see and then that's the thing too like maybe it just didn't seem so genuine and sometimes it was like uh that seems kind of i did yes (laughs) sorry i was like that seems kind of fake like i mean maybe i'm being biased too but with Joseph's like with his show Par- paranormal oh my god paranormal journal um when they have reactions and stuff like you can see the meters going off or you can you, like I don't know it just seems more genuine to me and yeah. again maybe I'm just being biased because like we know them and we're we know that they're genuine dudes right but mm-hmm. uh this I feel like is definitely played up for for TV for kind TV. of thing um but yeah like I said I kind of want you to watch it and see what you think and maybe you think the same or different yeah no i mean it's definitely uh it's a show that actually where did i see the see it the first time i don't know if it was when we were at mom's it came up like on on theirs because i think it just came out right yeah i'm pretty sure it's like they did it for the halloween season yeah if it wasn't on mom's it was on my brother-in-law's but it like it said something in spanish and then i think when i went to mine later on either that like that in that week or you know recently it popped up for me and I was like, oh, that's that thing that I like. I wanted to check it out. I just haven't. Again, I feel like I'm just slightly jaded by paranormal investigation shows at this point. But yeah, I could be wrong. I don't know. Tell me. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm fine with that, too. But you got to back it up with, you know, facts. 
facts. Facts, yeah, exactly. But anyway. Well, let's get into this. Um, So this episode, we ended up, we were talking about it, and we did kind of realize that it was going to come out on the second. So we're like, hey, why don't we do uh, Dia de los Muertos deep dive? I mean, I know it's not necessarily paranormal, but I mean, paranormal shit happens or could happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know? So... it's equivalent to the history of Halloween. Like, if you don't know about it, and I, I, so I don't know. I was actually just having this conversation with Carlos because he's like, "Why do you like skulls, right?" And I think we've already talked about that, and we said our reasons. And I was like, "Yeah, this is my reason." You're like, "Yeah, mine's not that deep. I just think they look cool." Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but I was just telling him about like. You know, skulls are represented by death. And, like, the thing that I love, like, about our culture is that we take these skulls and, you know, turn them into calaveras and put these beautiful flowers and, like, beautiful designs on them and take something that is supposed to be negative or represent evil or blah, blah, blah. And and we celebrate death versus just mourning it and being sad about it. I mean, you can be sad about it. There's nothing wrong with it, right? But, you know, celebrate someone's life too and even though they're not here you're taking you know that that time to pretend like they still are I guess you know and remember them and put out all their favorite things and I mean we'll get into that but yeah and just wait if you I mean you love all that sissy just wait until you hear I mean I'm sure you you, you've read through it already but what they do in Bolivia that yeah I might have skipped through that. I don't know. We'll All see. right. Well, <laughs> it'll be a surprise to me. Yeah. Okay. Bolivia is going to be your favorite for Wait. sure. I think I know. And if I, and if it's not that, remind me that I need to tell you about a crazy thing that I heard that people do to celebrate their loved ones. Well, do it, not it, let me. Huh? Okay. Well, it's probably that because this is fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. If it's okay. not, then we'll, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it just by with your, like, what, yes, it's yeah. probably that. But okay, I'll remind you. <laughs> All, right. All right. Sounds All good. All right. So let's get into it, guys. Dia de los Muertos, or Day of the Dead. It's a holiday traditionally celebrated on November 1st and 2nd, but it can also include October 31st and November 6th. So, like, it can run through that entire week, basically. Mm. Uh, depending on the locality. Uh, it originated in Mexico, but, but is celebrated in other parts of the world, especially in other places where people of Mexican heritage live. Um, it is associate, uh, sorry, associated with Western Christian uh, All Hallowtide observances, which are All Hallows' Eve, which is the 31st. Uh, it's de- uh, dedicated to remembering the dead, the saints, or the hollows, uh, martyrs, and all the departed. Then is All Saints Day, which is usually the 1st of November, and that celebrates all the saints of the church, whether known or unknown. And All Souls Day, which would be November 2nd, is a day of prayer and remembrance for the faithfully departed, and it is observed by the Roman Catholics and other Christian denominations annually on, like I mentioned, November 2nd. While Dia de los Muertos is associated with these observances, it is a lot less uh, solemn and is a holiday of joyful remembrance rather than a mournful one. Some of the traditions connected to Dia de los Muertos includes honoring the deceased with calaveras, Aztec marigold or uh, or 
in, in Spanish, it's called cempasuchil, um, building altars or ofrendas uh, with their favorite food or drink, alcohol, um, alcoholic or non-alcoholic uh, drinks. Uh, and the ofrendas, ofrenda literally like, means offering. So while, while I was doing this, uh, they didn't really say altares, which is altars. Very often they usually call them ofrendas, but that's what um, they're referring to as the altar. Um, so yeah, these offerings can also be taken to lo uh, the loved one's grave. And the celebration doesn't only focus on the dead. It is very common uh, to give friends candy sugar skulls uh, and to share traditional pan de muerto with family and friends. It is also tradition to write lighthearted verses used as mock epitaphs, often poking fun at living friends and acquaintances. And these um, these little poems or whatever uh, are actually a litera literary form known as calaveras literarias, which is um, literary sc um, skulls. It, it like is like the literal translation. Like mm -hmm. so, yeah. Uh, and I think that we've mentioned it in previous podcasts, but I mean, hate to beat a dead horse. I know we always talk about that we're Hispanic and Mexican culture and stuff like that, right? But uh, this, I feel like this is one holiday that we didn't really celebrate it traditionally. No. Like we always just did Halloween, you know, dress up, do the candy, mm -hmm. but never ever do I remember there ever like us celebrating Dia de los Muertos, which I've. Like, I, I don't know. I wonder why. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I remember a couple times when we went over to, like, Tia Chuy's house, or specifically Tia Chuy's house that, I, that yeah. they did it, you know? Yeah. And I thought it was kind of weird because I was like, that's kind of weird, you know? Because it's it not something that we did, uh, you know, personally, or like mom or dad didn't mm -hmm. didn't do do it or anything Even like grandma that. grandma too, right? Yeah, no. Um, At least not that I remember. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was funny because I just went to the dentist uh, last week and um, I was setting up an appointment for this week. And he goes, uh, what do you want to come on Wednesday or Thursday? And I'm like, uh, I mean, I would prefer to come on Tuesday, but I don't know if you work on Tuesday because a anyway. So he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, I work. And he goes, but it's the first. So I didn't know if you'd want to come in. I was like, and? <laughs> like well i mean i didn't i wasn't no, no, that no, weird, yeah. you know but i was yeah. like well what does the first have to do with anything and he goes oh because usually um you know people like when i tried to put them for the first on a, like an a, set up an appointment for the first they usually say oh no because i'm going to be going to the cemetery mm. and i'm like oh i was like yeah that's not really a tradition over there and like over here in the united states so i really don't care like yeah <laughs> I, like i uh i you know like we're we're actually doing an altar like my wife set up an altar this this year uh to celebrate our grandparents my uh you know so it's the first year that i'm doing we're like we we did it like she she did most of the work she set pretty much everything up i just you know got some some little things that for our grandparents but uh yeah it's it's not something like michelle said that we really did over here us personally our family you know so mm -hmm. this was kind of like my i knew some stuff but like this was i was learning as much as you guys are going to be learning if you don't already know 
all about, you know, Dia de los Muertos. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I definitely want to make this a thing, like make it a tradition since we didn't mm-hmm. have it as kids. Like, I think I think it's important. And I think, like I said, I, October came and went. So I'm going to hastily try and put together an altar right now. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this needs to be more of a tradition where at if, least I want it to be. Yeah. And if you don't have, like, if you don't know how to make one, you're about to learn how. I mean, unfortunately, you guys, you guys at home are barely going to hear this the day of. So I'm sure it's going to be very difficult for you to do it. But Michelle, you have a day to, <laughs> or a, yeah, you have a day to, <laughs> to set up an altar. So I'm good at procrastinations. I work best under pressure. So. I'll, I'll figure something out, but uh, but let's get into the origin and the history of the de los Muertos. So many academics in Mexico are divided as to whether the holiday was indigenous, uh, pre-Hispanic roots, or whether it's a 20th century rebranded version of a Spanish tradition developed during the presidency of Lazaro Cárdenas. Lazaro Cárdenas. What did I say? Lazaro. Oh. Yeah, it's Lazaro. Las- Lázaro Cárdenas. Yeah, that was my bad for not putting the accent there, I think. You're good. I probably wouldn't have gotten it anyway. <laughs> Lázaro Cárdenas. Mm-hmm. That was tough. Um, Dia de los Muertos has been a national symbol and is taught in schools asserting a native origin. Okay. Um, there's also people who think that it's a combination of both as a manifestation of s- syncretism. Yeah, so basically just like a, a blending of um like indigenous and pre-Hispanic and Hispanic um not pre-Hispanic but Hispanic uh cultures. So like uh what would have been the indigenous people and then when they came over from Spain. So a lot of people feel like it was ah. like a, a blending of both cultures to celebrate, you know. This, death this the, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, similar traditions can be traced back to medieval Europe, as mentioned before, and are observed on the same days in Spain and southern Europe. So, I mean, kind of does sound like it might be a combining of the two. Elsa Malvido, a researcher for the Mexican INAH, or, oh, fuck you. Instituto Nacional de Arque- uh, <laughs> Antropología e Historia. I could have said all that, but I would have sounded like a white skin, so I decided not to. <laughs> and Sorry, there's going to be a lot of Spanish, and I even put in through in some Filipino, so, yeah. So you just, like, really wanted to throw me off. Yeah. Granted, I probably could have, like, practiced before, but I was like, nah, nah, I'll get it. But when I start trying to, like, read through, my brain just goes into, like, I don't know, I can't. <laughs> so if you hear Eric's, like, cut in and say certain names, it's because I tried or didn't even attempt to because I knew I would fail. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, sorry. The, uh, research. She's a researcher for the Mexican INAH uh, and is the founder of the Institute Tallar de Estudios sobre la Muerte. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I try it. This was the first to disregard a native or syncretic origin. She argued that it could be fully traced back to medieval Europe. She also highlights the existence of similar traditions in Spain and the rest of the Catholic Southern Europe 
and Latin America. Um, example, like uh, altars for the dead and sweets in the shape of skulls, bread in the shape of bones, like the pan de muertos, which I don't think I've ever had. Uh, I hadn't. Well, I just had some for the first time recently. At least the one that we bought. Somebody said recently on Facebook that they that they said that ah, it's just you know it's whatever. But the oh. one that we had was so good. Like I felt the it-, br- it was real buttery. It's literally like mm. a, a like it looks like a dinner roll with like <laughs> like um like basically a, a um the, the one that we had had like a you know how you, the, you have the skull and crossbones well mm-hmm. it's just the crossbones on top and then it's like with sugar is it so like, like a uh-huh. pan dulce or is it kind of almost yeah. more like the uh what is it king's bread um uh rosca rosca um, like is it more bready or is it almost more cakey or like a combination both it's more bready yeah this one had like a real bready like eggy buttery kind of that sounds delicious it was really good and mm-hmm. the, we bought it a, like at a mexican soriana it's a mexican supermarket like think h-e-b oh, okay. but in mexico um it was pretty good so i, a, I enjoyed I it I need to try and find a panaderia here in austin i'm sure i i know of one in particular but hopefully they still have some uh pan de muerte. Yeah. yeah definitely go check it out tomorrow because i mean I think I think you have to you I mean you put that on the ofrenda too so but Valeria, I can't eat it too right no 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 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah because we like I said I think there's eight in total that came with the thing uh, and Valeria put aside four and we ate the other four in nice. like two days well two two you know one yeah. per day you know so it's pretty good okay I'll have to try and find some of that but uh she also pointed out to. Or she also points to the recent origin of the tradition of velar, or staying up all night with the dead. It started because a reform law under President Benito, Benito Juarez, Juarez, yeah, Benito Juarez, which took family um, mausoleums out of churches and put them in civil cemeteries. This required wealthy families to have servants guard family possessions displayed at altars. So real quick, this this is kind of crazy to me too because, like, if you've ever been to a funeral here in the United States, you know I'm sorry, but uh, I mean I'm sorry for your loss is is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, but, I was like... yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, but so you go. And it, sometimes it just depending on the fu- on the funeral, or whatever, or whatever the wishes were of the family, you might you know view the the you know your loved one for like a couple days and and stuff like that because i remember i think with i don't remember if with grandpa it was like a one or two day thing i know chelita was like the same day and then mamita i don't remember i think i want to say that was like two days also but i was also seven when that happened so i'm not sure and then like grandma was you know that same day it was only like a one day thing over here it might be like a two-day thing and like this says the families will stay with the body like overnight mm-hmm. uh, so i i thought that was like fuck you know, i thought that was like what like it, it just it was crazy in the sense like it was just bizarre to me because i mean that's not how how things are done over here yeah I but mean, over there they different. yeah i was like wow that's crazy don't need to hear bodily like 
Gases releasing? Gases. There you go. That's what I was trying to say. Because <laughs> that would scare the shit out of me. Um, but let's continue. Uh, Agustin Sanchez Gonzalez has a similar view as Elsa, which can be read in his article published in the IN- INAH's bi-monthly journal. Go ahead, Eric. Arqueología Mexicana. <laughs> Um, He stated that even though the indigenous narrative became popular, the spirit of the Día de los Muertos had more in common with European traditions of um, Danse Macabre? It's French. I think it's Danse Macabre macabre or something. I have no idea, to be honest. I didn't look this one up. Dance of the Dead, probably. Yeah, Death Dance. Death Dance. There you go. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because I know. Well, yeah. It's pretty obvious. Dances, <laughs> dance. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway, yeah. me over here trying to be smart. Uh, yeah. So, so like Eric said, dance macabre. I want to say it in Spanish or death dance is an artistic genre of allegory of the late Middle Ages of the universality of death. Usually, the allegories are of life and death personified in the human skeleton to remind us how short life is. Uh, he also states that in the 19th century press, there was little mention of the de los Muertos as we know it today. Although there are long processions to cemeteries, oftentimes ending in drunkenness. Uh, it sounds like a Mexican tradition right there. Oh, yeah. Ricardo Perez Montfort? Yeah, Montfort. Montfort, a historian, demonstrated how indigenismo became more linked to post-revolutionary projects, while hispanismo, mm-hmm. uh, hispanismo identifies with conservative political stance. Because of this, in the 1930s, the Aztec god Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, was prompted by the government as a substitute for the Spanish Three Kings tradition or the Reyes Magos, where someone dressed as a deity to hand out gifts to the less fortunate children. It's like almost yeah. like Santa Claus, basically. Yeah. So for for those of you who don't know, um, the the Reyes Magos are supposed to be the three kings that come and get gift uh, or give Jesus gifts when he was after he was born. So in Mexico. Uh, there's Christmas. Santa Claus comes and gives you Christmas gifts. Not every. I I don't think so. Santa Claus is like. It's a thing over there, mm-hmm. but like it's more the the Reyes Mago. So like I think I want to say it's January sixth. I could be wrong. But like uh, in the first week or two of January, uh, los Reyes Magos come and and leave children gifts. So like around this time. Uh, the government was like wanting to substitute uh, anything like pretty much like Spanish related with like the indigenous culture of Mexico. So that's why they tried to replace Los Reyes Magos with uh, Quetzalcoatl. Hmm. But uh, at this point, the holiday began to isolate from the Catholic Church, motivated by indigenismo and left leaning anti-clericalism. According to Malvido, the Catholic elements of the festivities were removed and emphasis on indigenous iconography is late. Opposing views assert that despite obvious European influence, there exists proof of pre-Columbian festivities with the Aztec people having at least six celebrations during the year that are very similar to Day of the Dead. 
the closest being yeah cool and if you don't know what it is like i didn't know because i can barely pronounce it it's a celebration that honored the god of war mix mix go ahead eric <laughs> and it was celebrated between october 20th because it's an x so it makes an h sound ah gotcha gotcha or meets no, it might be Miskotl because I think, dude, the X like now makes a J sound or the an H sound, but I think before it made a it's a Z sound, so it might be Mis Mis I think we'll go with Miskotl. All right. Well, your guess is as good as mine, so I believe you. And when you say it so convincingly, I'm like, yep, he's right. So you're good. We'll have Martin will probably let us know later on if we fucked like this up completely. You mean he's going to, I guarantee you, he's going to tell us that we mispronounced everything? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was celebrated between October 20th through November 8th. And the celebration also includes elements such as placing altars with food, like the tamales, near the grounds of warriors to help them in their journey through the afterlife. So regardless of how it began, Dia de los Muertos is a national symbol in Mexico and is taught in schools and even a school holiday nationwide. So in Mexico, the altars or the ofrendas, well, like we'll discuss, I'm going to discuss right now, like what is usually placed in the altars and, and you know, how it's set up and stuff like that. So it is a tra tradition to build altars known as altares or ofrendas where food, drinks, photos, and memorabilia are placed for and of the departed. The purpose of these ofrendas is to encourage the souls of the loved ones to visit so that they may hear the prayers or words of the living directed to them. The altars can be placed in the home in public spaces such as schools or libraries or even at the tombs of the loved ones. During the three days, the families will clean the graves and they will decorate the graves with ofrendas, which oftentimes include orange Mexican marigold called cempasuchi. The original Nahuatl name for this flower is, uh, I practiced this earlier and I'm going to fuck it up, but let me give it a shot. Sempolwatsochil. <laughs> That's my best, you know. Attempt at it. <laughs> yeah, attempt at it. Or 20 flowers. Or 20 flowers. Because if you all know what a marigold looks like, it looks, it's. It's got 20 petals. Yeah, it's got a lot of petals. Sempasuchil <laughs> is so much easier to say. Yeah, In, for sure. <laughs> In modern Mexico, it is known as Flor de, uh, Flor de Muerte, no, Flor de Muerto, or Flower of the Dead. The flower is thought to guide souls of the dead to the offerings or from cemeteries to their families' homes with the bright petals and strong scent. So it, the strong scent and the bright petals are what attract the family members to the home. If you guys haven't watched uh, Coco. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you remember when he's in the tomb and he's like kind of, tra he transitions into like the afterlife. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's like a lot of light and like things flying around him. That's the, oh, the that's petals right. of the marigold. So yeah. if you haven't watched oh. it, watch it. You're probably going to cry. D yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should watch tonight. Actually, that'd be great. Um, do you, did you put out any in, in, girl's altar like are they real the senpasuchil no yeah. um 
Unfortunately, no, we didn't. We actually had some. Uh, Valeria planted some a couple years ago, but I don't think it was like specifically the the orange one. It was like kind of multicolored, oh, but okay. she like with some uh, like ribbon streamer thing that I I don't remember where we got it. She like sewed it to where it looks mm-hmm. kind of like Sempasuchil. Uh huh. But yeah, no, we don't have uh, actual. I was gonna ask if it does actually smell like if it's that potent. I don't. Th- I mean, obviously, I've seen them, been around them, touched them, and everything, but I've never actually smelled them. Smell so. them. It'd be interesting. The other Los Muertos candles. Part of switched on that. Okay, next year, next year, Eric, gotta remind me. <laughs> yeah. So we gotta um, we gotta see if the there's like a marigold scent and stuff. Well, to be fair though, actually, my October candle. Not to promote shit, but my October candle, uh, no, October's birth flower, the birth flower, because every month has a birth flower, like it has a birthstone, is mm-hmm. marigolds. So oh. there are marigolds and black tourmaline. That's why it's like black and orange. So it's perfect yeah. for Halloween. So if you need a candle for your altar, my October candle has marigolds in it. It's too the late October to candle now. does look pretty dope. Uh, right? Yeah. I liked, I liked how it was black and red. I mean, black and orange. Orange. Yeah, so you can also place like for children, uh, toys are usually brought for them. Um, bottles of tequila, mezcal, pulque for the kids. Or, no, 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 the toys. No, <laughs> You're no, no. talking about the kids. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, like toys can be brought for yeah. kids, and then you can all, or you can also like for the adults. Like I said earlier, uh, now they the drinks can be non-alcoholic or alcoholic. So you can put people usually put out bottles of tequila, mezcal, pulque, or jars of atole. Uh, for the adults, like we, for Valeria's grandpa, we put out um, a bottle of tequila because nice. he liked, he liked te- tequila. Unfortunately, um, I'm pretty sure he liked reposado, uh, mm-hmm. but all I could find was uh, tequila blanca. So, or tequila blanco. So that's what we put out for him, but it is his favorite brand or one of his favorite brands. Uh, so, yeah, I think I, I, I was going to say, if you don't know what pulque is, I think, I was going to describe it, but well, I think I'd, I'd describe it later on. So I'll save that for, for a little bit later. Um, families will also offer trinkets or the deceased's favorite candies, uh, which can include cam- candied pumpkin, again, pan de muerto, or uh, the sugar skulls. Like for grandma, we put out a couple uh, some of her favorite CDs. So mm-hmm. we put those there for her. Um, the ofrendas are left as a welcoming gesture. Uh, some believe that the loved ones eat the spiritual essence of the food, and while the families eat the food after, they believe it lacks nutritional value. So basically, mm-hmm. it's calorie free. <laughs> oh, okay, sounds. I good. don't know. I don't know. If it's ha- actually calorie free. We're gonna have uh, a freaking altar out all year round. Just put all my my food on there, and then like eat it and be like, it's calorie free, right? I'm not gonna gain weight. Yeah. Gonna have basically. Tequila. <clears throat> yeah so um pillows and blankets are left out so that the spirit can rest for their long journey in the town of mitskik uh patsquato and Janitzio, people spend all night as their loved ones oh sorry people spend all night at their loved one's grave and in a lot of places people have picnics at the gravesite as well Sometimes the altars, uh, sometimes the altars can feature Christian crosses, statues, or pictures of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which we also have on our altar. Uh, pictures of the deceased, which we also have. Candies mm-hmm. and ofrendas. Can- we do candles. have 
Yes. What did I say? Candies. Candies. Oh, candles and ofrendas. Uh, <laughs> but we do have candies as well. Uh, <laughs> candles. I don't know. I think, you know, we did. We do have candles. Uh, families will also spend time around the altar praying and telling stories about their loved ones. And in some places, people place shells on their clothing so that it makes uh, that so that the noise so that the noise made when they dance will wake the dead. Sometimes families will even dress as the deceased. Perforated paper or papel picado uh, is also something that you put around, which we have. Uh, <laughs> is something that you can make or a lot of people will buy it made already because uh, it's just easier. Uh, but some people opt to actually make it themselves. The holes allow a way are said to allow a way for the souls to travel through and visit. And the delicate paper also symbolizes how fragile life is. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the paper that's usually like super brightly colored and it's got like, Sometimes we'll have like designs in it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Like ours, um, uh, I think some of them were Katrina's. Mm -hmm. And the other ones, I think, were basically the, the face of a Katrina or like it's um, Frida Kahlo. Oh. But yeah. uh, like with a Katrina type design gotcha. yeah. on the paper. So something else that uh is placed on the altar is um salt and it's usually in the shape of a cross and this is a, said to quench the thirst of souls which to me seems kind of counterintuitive because salt <laughs> usually dries your mouth out but that's what yeah. the research said and uh, the salt is also placed in the shape uh, like i said in the shape of a cross so that the soul won't be corrupted and it purifies them the other mm -hmm. thing that my uh that my wife was telling me was uh they also use in Spanish, it's called gal, and I think in English, it's called lime. So they'll make a, a cross with oh, lime. Okay. Like the white of, powder yeah. lime. Gotcha. Interesting. Because yeah. she asked where we could find some, and I said, I mean, we could probably get some at Home Depot. Yeah. But I didn't want to put that out, like, on the like on the altar because then the cats and... Oh, um, yes. Not die. safe. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good call. Good call. If, if you wanted to, a safe way, I feel like... We could do that is if you put it in like a picture frame and then just mm -hmm. like press it and then it's yeah. behind glass that'd be but good. anyway that next year next year <laughs> yeah so let's talk comida. about yeah comida food so as eric mentioned before or i guess i also mentioned too during the festivities food is eaten by the living actually no eric mentioned that uh it's it's eaten by the living and placed as ofrendas for their ancestors. Tamales are common food used uh, for these purposes, which I can't wait for, like, tamale season where we can find them at H-E-B and everywhere. <laughs> but uh, uh, pan de muerto, like we were talking about earlier, is, um, you know, it's also offered, and that's a sweet roll shaped like a bun uh, topped with sugar. So calaveras or sugar skulls have colorful designs used to represent the vitality and individuality of the departed. So the main alcoholic drink is historically, what was it called again, Eric? Pulque. Pulque, mm -hmm. Pulque uh, which is a drink made of fermented sap of the maguey, maguey. plant. Maguey. Maguey. Mm -hmm. What is that? So 
what I when I was looking it up, it said it said that the maguey plant is basically the agave plant. Oh, okay, okay, because yeah, it has like the color of milk and uh, it's viscous and has a sour yeast-like taste. You can also put out the Departed's favorite beverage, like coffee or tequila, like we mentioned, or whatever it may be. Beer, whiskey. Yeah, all the things. But other drinks are drunk on that day uh, are champurado. Yeah, champurado. Champurado and Mm -hmm. or atole, which are masa-based drinks or corn-based drinks. Uh, Agua de Jamaica. Oh, man, that sounds so good right now. Not a Uh, fan. Huh? Not a fan. Really? Yeah. Whatever. I don't hate it. But but he's not not a fan. fan. Um, Awa de Jamaica is also prepared and served cold and sweet with a lot of ice. It's made from Jamaican hibiscus and is known as hibiscus tea in English speaking century. So, I, yeah, I feel like it's sad, but I feel like I have more like hibiscus tea versus like Awa de Jamaica with, I guess, how is I mean, you drink it growing up? Yeah, but like you literally just make your tea and like iced tea. Just make your yeah. tea, brew it, and then put put sugar in shit, there. Shit, little sugar and ice, and you got your agua de Jamaica. True, true. I think I actually have some hibiscus tea. I might have to make some then. Can put that or on the can, altar. Yeah, huh? you can put that. Yeah, you can put that on the altar. And then I can drink it later, and it has no calories. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let that go. In the Yucatan Peninsula, uh, mukbil pollo. Mukbil. Mukbil boy. Fuck, I had it and I lost it. Um, Is traditionally prepared on October 31st or November 1st, and it's similar to a big tamale. Personally, I'm not a fan. Of tamale? I didn't even get into actually what a tamale was, though. All right. Because it was a delicious, like, Masa dough, dough, <laughs> a dough of Made masa of or mata corn. and lard. And lard, yeah. And then it's usually filled with, I mean, all kinds of fillings. You can do like pork or chicken or beans, beans and cheese. You can do like jalapeno and... Barajas uh, con queso, which yeah. is slices of jalapeno oh, no, yeah. with cheese. Jalapeno or... or portobello, not portobello. What am I trying to say? Poblano. Uh, poblano. poblano. It could right? be poblano or it could be jalapeno. It, and then there's you know. dessert ones too, right? With like raisins and stuff. Those are disgusting. Those I, I can't get behind. But I mean, yeah. And uh, these are actually, they're typically the ones that you you, you know about are wrapped in uh, corn husk. But these specifically that we mentioned right now uh, from the Yucatan Peninsula are wrapped in banana leaves. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not a, I'm not a fan uh, I only eat certain ones. Um, my mother-in-laws are pretty great. Grandmas were good. Um, and then there's this place by grandma's house that's pretty decent. I want to confess a secret. It's not really a secret because I think I've mentioned it. You're obsessed with tamales? Yes, I know. Well, I do love tamales, but I still have a half a bag of tamales that grandma and I prepared, what, two years ago now at this point? And they're are frozen. They they're not cooked yet. So, like, I would, like, steam them, right, and cook them. I don't know. I mean, they've been in the freezer. Like, how long do tamales last in the freezer? Like, could I eat them? Would they be good? I'm tempted to try them because if they're so good, this is, like, the last bit of grandma's food that is in existence on this planet. 
Except for I can make her rice, so there's that. Oh, I can make her beans. And I can make her potatoes and eggs. I can make her papitas con huevo. That's that's the only way I make my papitas con huevo, like tiny little pieces of papita, because that's how she did it. Mm-hmm. But it's not her love going into it, though she was kind of annoyed when we were making these, so I don't know how much love's actually in them. <laughs> but still, I don't know. I'm tempted to uh, to try and uh, see if they're still good. And if I... Get food poisoning? We know they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I don't. But I, I think I'm going to try soon, actually. <laughs> but anyway, moving on from the tamale. Or were you going to say something else? No. Oh, okay. I was going to say then moving on. You can on. continue. All right. Then moving on from the tamales, let's talk about calavera some more. Because that's one of my favorite things. Like I mentioned before, um, taking something that's supposed to represent death or evil or negative and turning it into something beautiful. But uh, calaveras are a common symbol of the Dia de los Muertos. And uh, their uh, celebrants make and use masks called uh, calacas. Mm-hmm. And I assume those are... It's a colloquial term for a calavera, which calavera means skull. Yeah. And uh, chocolate or sugar skulls, which have the name of the recipient on the forehead, and they can be given to the living and the dead. Uh, calaverita, in some parts of Mexico, children dress up in costumes and roam the streets, knocking on people's doors for calaverita, which consists of candies or money so trick-or-treating basically mm-hmm. but specifically like everyone pretty much has the same costume <laughs> or same theme right I, I guess um it's similar to trick-or-treating in the u.s like i said minus the part where a trick is played on the homeowners who don't give treats so it's just you get a treat or you don't and that's it you get what you get and you like it <laughs> calaveras literale literal Literarias. Literarias. Calaveras literarias. Literarias. Is a distinctive literary form that exists within the holiday where people write short poems. And and this I didn't know about at all whatsoever. I knew about a lot of the other things, but this was, was new to me. But they're often mocking, lighthearted epitaphs dedicated to friends or loved ones living or dead. They describe interesting habits or attitudes and are often comedic or absurd anecdotes uh, using death-related imagery. So kind of like me talking about how I don't know how much love was in the tamales because she was <laughs> in, not, in, very annoyed when we were making them because yeah. I got there late. Uh, oh, not, yeah, she was. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. You could yeah. not be late. I was yeah, going mean, say, now I know where I get my my disdain for lateness from. Well, I mean, dude, she she didn't even wait for death to come and get her. She like was like, ah, fuck this guy, man. Peace out. And then dad yeah. heard the three knocks like later. Two days later or some shit. Yeah. He, you're like, supposed no, to sorry. Hear the she's gone, dude. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to hear the knocks and then, you know, your loved one passes. And she was like, peace. And then my dad hears like the three knocks later on and. Like I think basically from her room. So yeah, yeah. It's like uh no no she yeah, she was not she one for guardian. <laughs> no, it's like you're late. Um, and, and like another thing about it too that kind of frustrated me was that she would be like, 
she uh, so i would be like okay what time do you want me to get there and she's like whatever time you want and i said no let me know like what time do you want me to be here so i can be here and she's like whatever time it doesn't matter and then i would get there at whatever time and she'd be mad because i didn't get there earlier i was like well we didn't oh like gosh. specify <laughs> a time <laughs> yeah like, sounds about right we... well uh yeah then i'll say that i get my i'll get that from her because yeah I mean, I at least will tell people like this time, but anyway, but just so you guys know, I was late today to record. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure, pretty sure Michelle was very annoyed with me. And I just sit there and say, it's fine. She does. And I know but, it's not. But to be fair, I did tell you, just let me know if you're going to be late. Like, let me yeah. know if you're going to be late. It's it's when people are just like late that mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. Especially if I'm on time. If we're both mm-hmm. late, then that's fine. But and not just speaking you and me, Eric, just in general. <laughs> yeah. Or people. But anyway, so you can when I die, you can also joke about my disdain for lateness. So the custom originated in the eighteenth or nineteenth century after a newspaper published a poem narrating a dream of a cemetery in the future, which includes the included the words, and all of us were dead. In school, kids are often required to write one of their one for their language class. Jose Guadalupe Posada was a famous Mexican illustrator, and his most famous print might be La Calavera Catherine. Catherine, oh, hold on, I can say it. Catherine, Jesus, Catrina, I can't say yeah, it. Yes, Catrina. <laughs> okay. Uh, this print was made to mock the people that claimed the culture of the Europeans over the culture of the indigenous people. The image was a skeleton with a big floppy hat with two big feathers and multiple flowers. I didn't know that that, well, now I know that that was a, that was that, or because of that. Mm-hmm. I know this image, but I didn't know. Um, but yeah, this so this image has become synonymous with Day of the Dead, which is why I'm like, yeah, like I know I've definitely seen that before, but I didn't know he was, it was like to, to mock to yeah. mock that so this would be like uh i mean i'm sure she i mean i'm pretty sure she came after right but it would mm-hmm. be like to mock elsa for her thoughts on where the you gotcha know, this originated from yeah like people who had that those thoughts when he was alive and stuff that's who he was doing this this uh drawing for mm. makes sense so uh some local traditions um in mexico obviously there's a bunch of I mean, they're cities, states, and stuff, just like in the United States. Um, and there's certain towns that have different traditions. So uh, in the town of uh, Pazcuaro in Michoacan, uh, the tradition is different if the deceased is a child instead of an adult. So on November 1st of the year after a child's death, the godparents of the child set up a table in the parent's home with sweets, fruits, pan de muerto, a cross, a rosary, and candles. It is meant to celebrate their life and show respect to their parents. There's also dancing and costumes in the plaza or garden of the town. It, uh, at midnight on November 2nd, people light candles and ride winged boats called mariposas to Janitzio, mm-hmm. an island in the middle of the lake where there is a cemetery to honor and celebrate the lives of the dead. In Ocotepec, uh, people often... Uh, sorry, people open their doors to visitors exchanging food, oftentimes tamales or uh, tamales and atole uh, for velador, veladoras or small candles. The candles are given to show respect for the deceased. And uh, this is done only by the homeowners who have recently lost someone in the household in the last year. 
So they literally open their doors. People come and give them candles to pay respects. And then these people feed the the stranger. So you literally have a stranger in your house eating food, uh, you know, because they gave you a candle to pay respects. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And I mean, not crazy. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's different. You know, yeah. So another tradition is La Danza de los Viejitos, which or the dance of the old men, where boys and young men dress up as old men, crouch and jump around in an energetic dance. Um, if you've never seen this, look it up. It's it's interesting. Uh, sorry. In the 2015 James Bond movie Spectre, there's a Day of the Dead parade in Mexico City. At the time that the movie came out, that parade didn't exist. But a year after the movie, due to the Mexican government wanting to promote the Mexican <laughs> uh-huh. culture, they organized an actual Dia, Dia de los Muertos parade. So now, because of the movie, there is actually a, a parade uh, that exists. Interesting. That's so a fun that's, fact. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I saw it and I was like, oh, dude, that's pretty badass. So outside of Mexico... So outside of Mexico, this uh, obviously this, uh, well, I guess not obviously, but for example, in the U.S., there's a lot of places like Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California, all borders, border states where um, this is, these traditions are also um, celebrated, celebrated. Yeah. So in Arizona, also all souls procession is an annual event in Tucson since uh, it has been an annual event in Tucson since 1990 and it combines elements of traditional day of the dead celebrations and is mixed with pagan harvest festivals. Um, they wear masks and carry signs honoring the dead and an urn in uh, where you can, where prayers can be placed for the dead in California in old town, San Diego. Um, sorry. Old town, San Diego hosts a candlelight procession to the historic El Campo Santo cemetery which is also the same name of a cemetery here in Okay. Brown. I was like I freaked out for a second cuz I was like why why do I know this but okay is that yeah. where grandma grandma and grandpa mm-hmm. are buried? Okay. Yeah. I don't know I why I just thought Campo Santo was like cemetery in Spanish. Mm. <laughs> I'm just now like processing that that's just the name of the cemetery and it's not a word for yeah. cemetery. I that's think it might stupid. also be No, I think Roselawn is the one over off the expressway. I'm not sure. But I remember the mom and the tias always used to call it Campo Santo. Campo Santo, so, yeah. Yeah. So in Santa Ana, or Santa Ana, California, it's said to hold the largest Dia de los Muertos celebration in Southern California, which is called Noche de Altares, that began in 2002. Another large Day of the Dead event was also started on November 1st of 2015 and takes place at the Santa Ana or Santana Regional Transportation Center. San Francisco has traditional and intercultural intercultural updating of Mexican celebrations, and there are altars by the Marigold Project, which include, or which are at uh, the Galeria de la Raza, Somart's Central uh, Cultural Center, Center, Mission Cultural Center, and the M. H. De Young Museum and Garfield Square. In Oakland, California, or sorry, Oakland, California is home to Corazón del Pueblo 
in Fruitvale in the Fruitvale district and Corazón del Pueblo is a hub for annual Dia de los Muertos festivals held in the last week of October. They also have a shop offering handcrafted Mexican gifts and a museum devoted to Day of the Dead artifacts. Hmm. In Asia and Oceania, uh, Mexican-style Day of the Dead events are held in major cities in Australia, Fiji, and Indonesia. Prominent celebrations are held in Wellington, New Zealand. In the Philippines, Day of the Dead is celebrated in the Hispanic Asian country because of its close cultural connections with Mexico. We've talked about this too before, I feel like, right? How the Philippines is like, or maybe we haven't. I think I've like watched like Joe Coy and other, oh. no, like other comedians talk about how like oh, Philippine, and Filipino, Mexico, but, because of, but because Spain took over the Philippines too. Yeah. So it was like that they same conquered. influence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which kind of lends a little bit of, I guess, truth to what, the other people are saying about it being not indigenous but yeah european because True. you know mexico and the philippines are i mean relatively far apart yeah um but yeah so so well, tell I me more this, about the philippines oh, yeah sorry. so i regret putting this in now because i looked it up and i uh i had listened listened to how it was said and now i don't remember so it, i'll just butcher this uh, no, dude, I'm going to fuck this up so bad. Anyway, it's Day of the Dead in Tagalog. Uh, and it coincides with the Roman Catholic celebration of All Saints Day and continues to the following uh, day. Arau Nung Munga. No, Pataya. Patay. Yeah, so I fucking butchered the shit out of that. Forgive me, my Filipino listeners, if we have any. Um if you want to tell me I'm an idiot, uh, go ahead. You're an idiot. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so basically, uh, they like it's the same thing. The same traditions that are done in Mexico are also done in the Philippines. So they clean loved ones' tombs. They take flowers, prayers, candles, and food. Uh, Chinese Filipinos also uh, may burn joss sticks or joss paper, which is just basically uh, paper incense or you know incense sticks. Which we are also burning. Nice. Uh, and in Europe, this one was kind of crazy. Or not was crazy, it- but I was like, I, I read it and I was like, hmm, that's kind of weird or interesting. In southern Italy and Sicily, a traditional type uh, type of cookie known as Osa di Morto or uh, bones of the dead are made and placed in shoes once worn by the dead relatives. I want to know, like, the history behind that. That's Or, like, why – or behind that tradition. Yeah, like, that's – that is interesting. Yeah. But not as as crazy as – was it Bolivia or is it Brazil? Yeah, but Bolivia. Bolivia. All right, we're getting there. Can't wait. All right. So, in the Americas, so, like, South America uh, – Yeah. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. So, in Belize, uh, the Day of the Dead – Celebrations are usually practiced by the Yucatec Maya ethnicity, uh, and it is known as Hanal Pishan, and this means food for the souls. In and it's ba- again, it's basically the same traditions uh, in Bolivia. The Dia Dia de las Niatitas, or Day of the Skulls, is celebrated in La Paz, Bolivia, on May fifth, and it is pre-Columbian. Pre-Columbian. I think is like before Christopher Columbus came to, you know, 
the Americas. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in pre-Columbian times, the and- Andeans had a tradition of sharing a day with the bones of their ancestors on the third year after their burial. So when they're like really just decomposed. Yeah. Today, they only keep the skull for rituals and to protect the family throughout the year. On November 9th, the family crowns the skull with flowers, sometimes dressing them in garments and having uh, and making offerings of cigarettes, coca leaves, alcohol, and other items in thanks for protection throughout the year. The skulls are sometimes taken to the central cemetery in La Paz for special mass and blessings. So is this what you were, what you had no. heard? Because the thing that I and I'm like bummed that I don't remember where I heard it or saw it really because I saw pictures of it um, or what country is it, the it is. The hanging bodies? The hanging bodies? Like, oh, just go ahead. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't I don't think they're hanging, but but basically they they dig up. Yeah, their dead relatives. So like and then we'll celebrate with them. And then put them back in the ground, and then next year take them out again. So they're literally like celebrating with corpses, and obviously in different states of decomp. And it's and they do this like all the time. Wow! I thought that was more. I mean, this this is pretty wild too. Mm-hmm. Uh, to like keep the skull, I guess. Right? Definitely not like super departed from like what what we do or what we're used to, which is why it sounds so weird. But I think. Yeah, digging like if we went and like dug up our relatives' graves and like hung out with them and then put them back in the ground and then dug them up again and like every year they just look more and more decomposed. Decay- yeah, like I don't know. I think that's that to me is a little more wild than than this. Not that this isn't, but yeah, I don't know. I thought that I was like no way. Like I, I, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't. I wouldn't. But I mean, I well, yeah, no. I was just thinking about when when we went no when we went to uh, New Orleans, we did a cemetery tour because if you go to New Orleans, you have to do a cemetery tour. Uh, but they were talking about how the tombs. I mean, there's lots of reasons why they put the tombs above ground and stuff, right? But um, it gets so hot inside those tombs that the bones and flesh and everything like starts to not burn away but it just decomposes at such a faster rate that uh they will usually if someone else in the family dies like they just move all like what's left essentially of like the old other person's body or other people's bodies and then like put the new body in there and then after a little while it decomposes so much to the extent that they just move their shit out of the way too and then they put a new body I thought that was pretty wild, too. It's crazy. Yep. Tell me about Brazil. So in Brazil, again, this is Portuguese. So if I fuck this up, sorry, Portuguese speakers. It's uh, Dia de Finados. I cannot do the port like the way they do it. So it's going to sound Spanish, but it's Portuguese. Uh, (laughs) Then it's Dia dos Mortos, which is Day of the Dead. And Dia dos Fies Defuntos which is Day of the Faithful Deceased. So these are just different names, uh, but basically it's a public holiday celebrated on November 2nd, again, and is uh, similar to other Day of the Dead celebrations. So again, all of these are, 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 they just have different names, but they're basically all the same thing. They're Mm -hmm. the same type of celebrations. And Costa Rica, um, 
they celebrate Dia de los Muertos also on November 2nd. Uh, Dia de los de todos santos, Dia de todos almas, uh, and there's Catholic masses and everybody goes and visits their loved ones. In Ecuador, in Ecuador, sorry, uh, Day of the Dead is celebrated by most parts of society. It is especially important to the indigenous Quichua people, uh, and they visit family graves and they offer food for a day long remembrance of their ancestors and loved ones. And they have a ceremony. They have a ceremonial food called colada morada, which is basically a fruit porridge that gets its color from the Andean blackberries and purple maize. Uh, and it is eaten with wawa de pan, which is a bread shaped like a, a swaddled baby. Mm. I think they, yeah, it, it looks interesting. Uh, I think they also have like little, you know, pig shaped bread. Um, but yeah, the, 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 I think the one that they mentioned here was the wawa de pan. Uh, in Guatemala, they celebrate on November the 1st and it is highlighted by, highlighted by the construction of flying giant kites. The kites are flown to help the spirits find their way back home to earth. And many of them have notes for the dead attached to the strings of the kites. A big event is also the consumption of fiambre or Guatemalan salad, which is made only for this day during the year. The family visits and decorates the graves of their loved ones. And in a few towns, the people, uh, go and they paint the the cemetery and fix it up and they paint it with vibrant colors and any crosses that may be you know just falling apart or anything that's falling apart mm-hmm. they'll fix it. uh and then some of the families also have picnics at the cemetery hmm. and in peru it's a bunch of music and a bunch of flowers and just celebrating you know your it's loved a party. one yeah passing on nice so, yeah, guys, that is Dia de los Muertos around the world. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff in here that I did not know. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I'm going to try and scramble and make a tiny last-minute altar for our loved ones. But, so, usually at the end of Deep Dive, guys, we will find some reddit stories or the stories on the internet um or personal stories about the deep dive that we have done for the most part not always but usually this one was a little trickier but we actually have some family members experiences on the other list much of those and eric i think you, you probably know them better than than me if you want to share those yeah so this one i think we've we've talked about before i don't know if we went in yeah. like read the whole thing but if you haven't heard it before uh well here's where we're gonna go through it and if you have heard it just a little refresher it's it's you know the other los muertos theme so it fits so suffer through it guys <laughs> so basically ruth sent uh, sent me you know this experience that she had uh was it last year I think so. Yeah, pretty sure. I think it was last year. Yeah, it was year. definitely yeah. last year. Yeah, last year. Yeah. Uh, so she st- she says, I started construction on Wednesday that night. Uh, that night, your dad said that I was having a nightmare and he woke me up because he realized I was in a bad place. 
I don't recall it at all. I went about my regular routine, etc. I, however, was noticing sh- shadows and noises, dismissing them, of course. Figures moving across the TV for no reason or anything to do with what was showing. Uh, opening my eyes when I sensed your dad getting up, going up to the bathroom, I saw him sit up and scratch his head as he usually does. He was sitting at the edge of the bed. Fluffy was in the foot of the bed, but I heard the activity in the bathroom. I turned my eyes back and saw your dad just walking towards the bathroom. I'm in the shower and I see a shadow go by. I changed it. I changed it recently. So it's a bit more sheer and the top uh, on the top. I peeked because I was mad that your dad ignored me, but he was in bed snoring. Of course, Fluffy had heard stuff too while we were in the living room and she turned towards your grandma's bedroom and she turned to me. Your dad said he didn't hear anything. One of the picture frames glass broke where I was putting your grandma's picture. Uh, by its by its it broke by itself i had laid it down with the rest of the pictures aside none were touching or force applied to them etc because the pictures were printed on regular paper the only one that was an actual newspaper clipping was that of my grandparents um, 50th wedding anniversary picture i know that liquid evaporates that's a fact the coffee cups are a bit lower than expected so she had put out um coffee because my grandmother liked to drink coffee and her so did her father Um, but the coffee cups are a bit, uh, so she said that she noticed that the coffee cups were a bit lower than expected, like as if somebody had drank from them. So I'm sticking to the fact that the coffee evaporated. I keep hearing noises, but they are normal noises, but just not supposed to be happening when they are. This was my first alter. Maybe I should have consulted with someone first before doing it. My mom is a firm believer in doing stuff like this. She always keeps some food item or coffee or candy out for mom and her sister. She talks to them while she changes the cups. Oh, her mom or her sister. Sorry. She talks to them while she changes the cups or changes out the food. I didn't speak to them. And least, at least I don't think I did directly. Maybe that's what was wrong, and they are, are trying to get my attention. Yeah. And then your reaction. Yeah. You know, I remember first reading through all that, and I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I think yeah. that was actually one of the reasons I was like, should I consult with someone before setting up an altar? Because, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, was, I, I, I remember reading that i can't believe that was already a year ago now that's insane Mm -hmm. but yeah i I don't do you i don't remember what episode that was but no i don't i mean probably somewhere at about a year ago yeah (laughs) but yeah that's crazy yeah so another story that i've heard uh was from a family member i'm not even sure if he listens to this but i'm not going to mention his name anyway because i don't think he believes in the paranormal anymore Um, but his mom set up an altar one time and he was in this room. It's a computer, their computer room at their house. And he always stayed up super late, um, you know, playing on, you know, in forums and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And they had the altar up and he said that, I think the following morning or something that like he told his mom something about he, that he didn't want her to put one up again next year or that he, she needed to take it down or something because he said that he saw the the family members that were on the altar like walking around the home and stuff like that. Ugh. So yeah, that was another experience 
And then, and then, but um, he doesn't even believe in the paranormal anymore. That's what blows yeah. my mind. Is like he well, saw literal know. ghosts? Uh, yeah, I don't. I I don't know. I know his brother doesn't, mm. but I'm not really. Sh- I mean, I feel like he would have the same kind of attitude towards his, it. Yeah, up toward like his brother, but I haven't really talked to him about it anymore, so mm. I, I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, so. My only other experience that I had was one time at my mother-in-law's house. I think they had put up uh, an altar and, you know, Valeria's grandfather's photo was on there. And uh, I was kind of like dozing off on the sofa and I saw him like, or I assume it was him, but because I saw like from the legs and I started going up and as soon as I was getting to his head, like it, it went away, it disappeared. So I assume it was him, but I'm not sure. Because then mm-hmm. I, I've, I mean, I've seen him. I've had. I feel like I've had experiences with him a few times, but uh, that was also around that time because I remember them having an altar up. So I think it was, uh, yeah, around this time. That was the one experience. Other experiences that I had, he wasn't, you know, wasn't around this time or wasn't around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. Well, did you say that the veil is the thinnest in October and even more so like around Halloween, obviously November mm-hmm. 1st too kind of thing. But um, so that would make sense. We'll yeah. see if, like I said, put up my altar and, and see if anything spooky happens. But I have yeah. a feeling it won't. <laughs> and if anything happens over here, I, I'll definitely let you guys know. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, that is the other Los Muertos. If you guys didn't know, now you know. Uh, and if you I did definitely know, learned some things, I know, like I said, I mean, we, we definitely didn't grow up doing it. So this was, um, a lot of new information f- for me. And like I said, I'm, I'm definitely going to go put one together for sure. But yeah, if you guys would like to contact us, go check out our website at webelievedyou.com. On the website, there's a tab where you can find all our social media. So make sure you go like, follow, and share on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, and Twitter. There's also a listen tab where you can listen to the podcast directly on our website or click the link to your favorite site to listen to podcasts such as Spotify and Apple. You can also give us a five-star rating on Apple which helps us move up the ranks so more people can find us and leave a review as well, a review as well, because we will read it here on the show. If you want any of our merch, feel free to check out our merch tab where you can find a variety of designs on t-shirts, hoodies, caps designed by Michelle herself. There's also a donate button if you really want to help us out. And finally, if y'all want to reach us besides DMing us on social media, you can click on the contact us tab where you can write in telling us that you want to be interviewed. We can keep you anonymous and only share the information that you want to share. You can also send in your stories for our stories of high strangeness. And if you send them in in Spanish, we can translate them for you. So don't be shy, guys. Share your stories with us because we believe. Do you? Do you?